Welcome to The Veteran Doctor. This podcast is for everyone interested in improving their knowledge on veteran-centric topics. Veterans have dedicated their lives to serving their country, so now it's our turn to serve them as they transition back into their civilian lives. One thing that's been discovered is that there's a lack of knowledge in the availability of resources on how to properly navigate the social systems available to veterans upon exiting the military. This podcast's purpose is to bridge those gaps of knowledge and guide veterans to resources and the much-needed information they so deserve. The Veteran Doctor is hosted by Dr. John Heinzelman, who has a master's degree in sports and performance psychology and a doctorate of philosophy in psychology, where his specialty lies in research psychology. He is also a retired Army Airborne Infantry veteran with 22 years of service. So sit back, relax, and enjoy The Veteran Doctor. Welcome back. Welcome to another week of The Veteran Doctor. I hope the holidays are treated you well. I know we've been talking about some New Year's resolutions, so we're going to continue on that. So every year, we get to a moment when we tell ourselves that we're going to change things in our life in the coming year to better ourselves. The resolutions or goals that we set for ourselves are often not obtained due to the lofty tasks or not being carefully thought out or planned on how we're going to execute them like we do in our military missions. Some common resolutions that many veterans look to achieve are categories of health, financial, mental health and happiness, and helping other veterans. We will look deeper into these goals to see if any of these things interest you as a focus of self-improvement in the upcoming year. The first category is health. Military veterans have always been healthy-minded individuals and have usually placed it as an essential part of their lives. It is expected that the years pass, many veterans forget that they're previous military fitness regiments. Unfortunately, aging and life impact us all, but it doesn't have to be quite so brutal if we take care of ourselves to exercise and eating right. Remember, back when you started in basic training and you made or were forced to make a resolution to create a healthy routine. This does not mean you have to do a thousand push-ups and sit-ups in the middle of the hot sun, but instead, you should start small and build up from there. Vow to yourself that health and fitness is a priority in your life and a part of your daily routine. It is hard to resist the healthy feeling that you have when you are currently ill or overweight from an inactive lifestyle. So ultimately, set a small, realistic goal. Even if you start walking 15 to 20 minutes a day, then build up from there in a moderation, it is worth it in the end. Do it for yourself. You will find that if you start feeling better and have more energy, If you eat right and start taking care of yourself, you will feel so much better with yourself. The second category is financial. Taking care of your body is not the only part of the equation. Taking care of your wallet is another part. This is an area that is sometimes very difficult for many people. Not everyone has the ability and luxury to save money, but there are a few simple things that you can do to make your money stretch a little further. Finding coupons is an easy way to save some hard earned cash. Many people do not realize that coupons are everywhere, like the daily newspaper or even online that apply to almost every purchase available. 
Another way to save money is through Groupon. These resources allow you to save money anywhere. Spending time to look for coupons online can help save thousands of dollars a year. There are more local discounts in your area than you think there are. So if you don't know, just ask. If they say no, just respectfully say thank you. It doesn't hurt to inquire about military discounts. Some very recognizable uh, military discounts are vettick.org. These are free concerts, show tickets, and event tickets in for veterans. Other benefits for veterans are free national park passes that are for veterans at the www.nps.gov forward slash plan your visit forward slash passes for free passes to any national park in the United States. Another affordable resource that may be available in your area is called houseseats.com that provides great affordable show seats for local shows. There is a nominal fee for an annual membership, but it is well worth the cost and pays for itself in just one use. Take the extra time to search for these savings and your wallet will also thank you. You'll also have a lot of fun too. The next category is mental health and happiness. This should be one of the easiest ones, but for many it's not. For veterans suffering from PTSD or poor mental wellness, finding happiness can be often the, an extremely challenging one. A large percentage of veterans in the United States continue to struggle with the symptoms of post-traumatic stress syndrome, PTSD, while society continues to look at ways to help these heroes. PTSD is diagnosed as being a mental health issue that results from having experienced or witnessed traumatic events and can result in symptoms of severe anxiety, depression, hypervigilance, insomnia, agitation, flashbacks, isolation, and other harmful side effects. PTSD can debilitate a veteran's work, family, and social life to the level of being non-functional. Unfortunately, PTSD has been linked to high suicide rates for U.S. veterans. Recent studies by the VA estimate that 20 veterans commit suicide every day. Even though veterans represent only 9% of the population, they make up 18% of the Americans who commit suicide. Society has begun to recognize that the U.S. veteran population needs help to overcome the residual effects of war. Many times, some veterans need to know that there are many similar people out there that have traveled and made it through similar experiences of PTSD. A person living with PTSD never knows when a flashback might occur or when something may trigger the memories or what the physical reactions may be. Sometimes, keeping up a happy appearance during a bout of depression can be just as exhausting or too much to handle as the original traumatic event. There are a wide range of 24-hour veteran crisis hotlines available for veterans who find themselves seriously struggling with these challenges. Any veteran can call a toll-free 1-800-273-8255 and press 1 to reach someone immediately through the VA's crisis line. Their website has confidential online chats and text options, as well as help for veterans with hearing impairment. In many cases, just allowing veterans to talk through their emotions and mental states can release them from the moment, and knowing that they are not alone can give them the strength they need. Category four is sharing and helping with other veterans. Many veterans have an innate sense of duty to help other people. Why not help other veterans or share your time if you sense they are lonely? Take up a new indoor or outdoor hobby with them. Some veterans who are experiencing symptoms of PTSD, repetitive thoughts, racing minds, 
Sensitivity to certain trigger noises, anxiety of being in crowds can benefit from the piece acquired from a hobby. There is a wide range of hobbies and organizations that solely exist to help give veterans the chance to learn a new activity to quiet and heal the mind. Another great way of sharing and getting involved is with the dog adoption agencies that are involved with veterans. Dogs help offer the benefit of companionship without any judgments or expectations to veterans who are challenged with isolations and irritability from PTSD. Dogs are naturally vigilant and help remove the anxiety from a veteran who is experiencing difficulty with sleep. Most pets enjoy giving, receiving affection, and are naturally soothing. Dogs also are dependent on their owners, making them the main reason for their veteran to hold on, knowing they need to care for the pet in the future. Whether a veteran requires a highly trained dog that can detect or react to signs of severe PTSD or a simple companion dog that can always be there to hang out with, there are specific programs for every veteran, typically at little to no cost. This year, we need to resolve to help one another find the happiest of times. If you know of a veteran who is suffering from loss or mental health issues, get help immediately. Every day is a precious and being mentally fit and happier is imperative. Sharing this information can also bring joy to others. If you know of a veteran that needs some extra attention, help them out. Extending a helping hand or paying it forward makes the world a better place and brings happiness to your heart. I know this past year has been challenging, but I hope it's brought you some great and fun memories. And I hope this upcoming year will bring you even better ones. This information will hopefully bring you some good resolutions for this upcoming year. I hope you have a happy, fun, healthy, and prosperous new year. So stay tuned after this music interlude on Veteran Suicide. section of our episode is going to be on veteran suicide a very real and serious issue so uh, our society has been taking note of it so for nearly a decade the veteran community has called for action for from our nation's leaders to respond to the 20 veterans a day suicide rate this issue of veteran suicide is now a major conversation in media coverage national conversation and a surge of government support Yet the problem of suicide continues. According to recent VA data, post-9-11 veterans between the age of 18 and 34 have the highest rate of suicide. Though not always an indicator of suicide, mental health injuries continue to impact the post-9-11 generation. Surprisingly, 65% reported PTSD and 58% anxiety and 56% depression. The nation and VA continue struggling with mental health care and providers' demands. 
two of the top VA staffing shortages. There has been progress, however. In mental health injuries, three and four have been seeking care for their injury. Over the past few years, increased progress has been made in the realm of suicide prevention and mental health. The VA's plan for transitioning veterans targets those in the post-9-11 population as an increased risk for suicide and engage them before the moment of crisis. The VA has leveraged telemental health care to expand its reach and predictive analytics to target the top 0.1% of veterans at risk of forced suicide. According to a recently released report by the Department of Veteran Affairs, veteran suicide rates ticked upwards recently despite the increased public attention and funding on this problem. However, the latest data still does not represent the present conditions. According to mental health experts, this ongoing coronavirus pandemic may cause larger increases in the rates of mental distress and self-harm among veterans. Approximately from 2005 to 2018, the overall suicide rate has remained mostly unchanged from 17 to 18 veterans a day. This rate is about 1.5 times that of the civilian population, according to the Department of Veteran Affairs. Among veterans, suicide rates remain about the same as the civilian U.S. population, but both are rising. Recent studies have announced that 325 active duty members died from suicide in 2018, 40 more than 2017, which has been the highest number since data was collected in 2001. Nobody knows why the rate continues to climb. Numerous public figures and awareness campaigns in recent years have quoted the figure of 20 to 22 a day in reference to veteran suicide. But VA officials clarified that this estimate includes active duty troops, guardsmen, and reservists. Many fault demographics. 85% of the veterans are male, and the men die by suicide more often than women. But we also know that even women veterans die from suicide at a higher rate than civilians. In 2019, VA Suicide Prevention Annual reports that women veteran suicide rates were 2.2 times greater than that of civilian women. In addition to the demographics, factors of insomnia, depression, anxiety, sexual victimization, gun ownership, and substance abuse disorders also appear as contributing factors of suicide risk. Older veterans also cope with age, stress, and lingering effects of military service that never have been addressed in the past. While many recently discharged veterans seem to be troubled with their relationships and transitioning challenges back to civilian life. Now psychologists within and outside the VA are leading efforts to improve suicide risk assessments and research to better understand and prevent veteran suicide. They are also developing and piloting interventions at both individual and community levels to respond to this deadly issue. The recently released figures show that veterans who have died by suicide in 2018 were 6,435, up less than a half a percent over the total veterans population. By comparison, there have been a total of 7,032 troop deaths in the conflict zones since 9-11, according to the Defense Department statistics. Veteran suicides made up approximately 14% of the total suicides in America in 2018. In recent years, VA officials have emphasized the mental health challenges and suicidal thoughts that are not specific to the veterans community. Findings have highlighted the increased problem of suicide among U.S. civilian adults and veterans and the need for suicide risk mitigation efforts. Despite the lack of general progress in suicide prevention among veterans, some improvements have been occurring. 
Data shows that the rate of suicides among veterans who have used VA health services have decreased. And it is an encouraging sign that the department continues to learn as it works and cares for veterans. The suicide rate among veterans who receive VA care has decreased by about 2.4% from 2017 to 2018. Data has shown that suicide is indeed preventable through clinical and community-based prevention interventions along with research and surveillance within the VA. Although this report explains that suicide is preventable, suicide prevention is exceptionally complex. Recently, lawmakers passed a package of nine VA-themed bills to improve the department's suicide prevention efforts. However, new incentives of the safe storage of firearms among veterans were proposed. A VA suicide report shows that firearms were involved in more than 68% of the veteran suicides in 2018 compared to the 48% of the rest of the American population. A recent statistic has been widely quoted in the veteran community that highlights 22 veterans a day committing suicide. It is a profoundly troubling statistic and has galvanized the veteran movement both inside the veteran communities and outside to bring about a wide range of programming nationwide. The statistic, however, is widely misrepresented and misunderstood. This statement, 22 veterans a day commit suicide, while widely advertised by politicians, media outlets, veteran service organizations, comes from the VA's 2012 Suicide Data Report, which examined the deaths of 21 states from 1999 to 2011. This report found that an estimated number of veterans was compared to the sample number of states and evidence was uncertain in veterans' identifiers of the U.S. death certificates. An example shows that the veteran suicide's average age was nearly 60 years old, not representative of the Iraq-Afghanistan veteran generation. A more current survey surveyed 1.3 million veterans discharged between 2001 and 2009, discovering that 1,650 deployed veterans and 7,703 non-deployed veteran deaths. 351 of those were suicides among deployed veterans and 1,517 were suicides among non-deployed veterans. So over nine years, there were one veteran suicide a day. Although veterans have a suicide rate 50% higher than those who have never served, the rate of suicide is slightly higher among veterans who have never deployed, which suggests that the causes extend beyond the trauma of war. Coming home from war or merely transitioning from the military can be difficult. Various states and federal systems are set up to deal with this transition. However, even cannot meet the need. Many people think that the Veterans Affairs benefits programs like medical care and GI Bill and VA home loans, etc. are not helpful. However, they are. But the current generation of veterans from Operation Iraqi Freedom and Operation Enduring Freedom the suicide rates are closer to probably one a day and most likely occurs within the first three years of return. While this is still very troubling, it's definitely not 22 a day. Although additional steps are needed to bridge the gap created for those who serve and those who have not, providing support for veterans to integrate back to their families and communities requires robust public and private partnerships. The veterans and their communities they live in are both responsible for bridging these gaps. The challenges and adjustments of two transition, post-traumatic stress syndrome, traumatic brain injuries, and physical disabilities need to be addressed mainly 
as these things result in barriers in education, healthcare, employment, and overall individual well-being. Overall, the majority of these needs are being met by combining different veteran-serving nonprofits and VA support. However, many veterans do not know how to navigate the process. Unfortunately, there are still visible gaps in the system. The veteran advocacy community needs to tailor our programs, especially in preventing suicides, to respond to this concerning data. One suicide is one suicide too many. Effective programs to help service members, veterans, and families transition to a positive life after service are necessary. Another requirement is promoting supportive community relationships for veterans. We need to be developing programs specifically to address veterans' needs while maintaining preventative care for recently returned veterans. As veterans, we all pride ourselves on not making an emotional decision, but the right decision. We should all have the same commitment with veterans, which means we need to act within the framework of facts, advocacy, and programming. Inadvertently, we are preying on the well-intentioned public by citing a misleading statistic to receive financial support, and that is not right. As veterans, we are far more resilient than we give ourselves credit. If we do our jobs and extend a helping hand to other veterans, we can reduce the suicide rate and ensure our fellow veterans avoid despair in the future. Screening and evaluation expansion. The VA started a universal screening for suicide risk in all primary care settings beginning in October of 2018 and has conducted over 3.8 million veteran screenings for suicide. The screening protocol has three parts. The first part consists of a primary screening for suicide risk using a patient health questionnaire, typically conducted by a registered nurse. If that screening indicates a positive result, the nurse will hand off the veteran to a primary care provider to conduct a secondary screening utilizing the Columbia Suicide Severe Rate Scale. If that screening is positive, then the comprehensive suicide risk evaluation will be conducted by the primary care provider. Another strategy deployed by the VA to help identify veterans at risk is ReachVet, a computer-based statistical risk algorithm that flags veterans based on their electronic health records. The program aims to identify and allow the preemptive care and support for veterans, usually before the individual even develops suicidal thoughts. Once a veteran has been recognized by ReachVet, the veteran's VA mental health specialist calls to check up on them and conduct an additional evaluation to help determine any enhanced care needs. Promising interventions. After veterans at risk for suicide have been identified, the next step is to offer effective interventions. Over the past 10 years, researchers have found that cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, can reduce suicidal thoughts and behaviors for veterans at risk. But there are limitations of these psychotherapy approaches is that they require multiple sessions and they are not easily implemented. To get more direct care for, to these patients, a 20-minute to 40-minute intervention called the Safety Planning Intervention is designed to provide veterans with different coping strategies, reduce access to potential suicide methods like firearms and lethal medications to help them establish follow-up treatment. Research has found that the, the veterans who have received this intervention were 45% less likely to attempt suicide with a safety plan in place. Other promising VA suicide prevention interventions focus on technology to help patients at risk for suicide. A smartphone app, 
has shown success in increasing the veteran's coping abilities with unpleasant thoughts or emotions. The Virtual Hope Box app is modeled after CBT methodology that uses a physical box containing images to remind patients of positive experiences, people who they care about, reasons for living, and coping resources. User, users can upload personal photos, videos, songs, and quotes, complete relaxation exercises, puzzles, and guide meditations. Additional tools, tools include coping mechanisms, including self-created cards, and a phone contact list. One of the essential aspects of suicide prevention among veterans is to ensure ongoing access to mental health care is available, particularly during transition times when suicide risk can be higher. A unique way the military is working to ensure veterans have consistent access to quality mental health care is through the In Transition program, which offers expert coaching and assistance to find new mental health care providers for veterans. This program was created to ensure a good handoff between mental health providers when veterans are transitioning. During the initial months after separation from the military, there's an increased risk of psychological health. This is why the In Transition targets service members receiving psychological care in the 12 months before their military transition. After veterans are eligible in the program and the In Transition will find their local veteran care even in the absence of the VA. Even though the program is new, results are beginning to show successful increase in the veterans transition and the new healthcare providers. Focusing on lethal means safety. While much of the VA's efforts around preventing suicide focus on identifying and treating mental health issues, some experts point to the preventative measures surrounding firearms. Research shows that around 70% of the military suicides involve firearms, compared to approximately 50% of the suicides of the U.S. general population. The military is more likely to own firearms and knows how to use them, and they are more likely to use them for purpose of suicide behavior as compared to the general population. An example can be shown that firearm storage practices are of more than 1,600 active duty personnel from 2015 to 2018 at military primary care facilities across the U.S. They found that 36% of the participants reported owning a firearm, but less than one-third of those said that their firearms were stored safely. About half indicated their firearms were not stored safely. More effort is needed to encourage veterans to keep their firearms stored safely. Findings from non-military populations suggest that an this is an additional way to reduce suicide. Locking up a gun will not prevent an argument with a spouse or overwhelming stress, but it could reduce the likelihood of these circumstances resulting in death. The Veterans Health Administration is educating clinicians about the importance of asking veterans about firearms and whether they are stored safely and educating veterans on having friends restrict their firearms access during stressful times. Using communities as support, psychologists are looking at ways to prevent military suicides by looking for outside of the military solutions. According to the 2019 National Veterans Suicide Prevention Annual Report, the suicide rate for veterans re receiving recent VA care increased by 1.3%, while the suicide rate among veterans who are not receiving v current VA care increased by 11.8%. Another effort to provide a greater understanding on the role their communities play in, their, in preventing suicide is Operation Deep Dive. The study examines the community-based factors involved in suicides among veterans. It has developed a sociocultural death investigation tool to be used by researchers to conduct interviews with family members, 
colleagues, and friends of deceased veterans to better understand the lives of the veterans who recently died by suicide. The goal is to identify the opportunities of prevention before the veteran enters into any suicide situation. Operation Deep Dive ultimately looks at where the community might have prevention points to divert an individual on the trajectory of suicidal death. Hopefully this information has increased your knowledge on this serious issue. If you ever need any help, have any questions, or know about any veterans that do need help, please let someone know. Veterans experiencing any mental health emergencies should contact the Veteran Crisis Line immediately at 1-800-273-8255 and select one to contact a VA staff personnel. Veterans or their family members can also text 838255 or visit the veteranscrisisline.net for assistance. portion is our UBI, useless bits of information, or depending on your perspective, useful bits of information. Number one, 30 out of 43 presidents have served in the army, 24 during the time of war, two earned the rank of five-star general, Washington and Eisenhower, and one earned the Medal of Honor, T. Roosevelt. Number two, less than 28% of Americans between the age of 17 and 23 are qualified for military service. That's only about one in four. Number three, the U.S. Air Force was a part of the Army until 1946. It was called the Army Air Corps. Number four, only one president, James Buchanan, served as an enlisted man in the military and did not go on to become an officer. Number five, the Department of Defense employs only 1.8 million people on active duty. 
It is the largest employer in the United States and with more employees than Exxon, Mobile, Ford, General Motors, and GE combined. Number six, the Department of Defense owns worldwide 29,819,492 acres of land worldwide. Number seven, the United States has 737 military installations overseas alone. Number eight, the Navy's bell-bottom trousers are commonly believed to be introduced in 1817 to permit men to roll them above the knees when washing down the decks and to make it easier to remove them in a hurry when forced to abandon ship or when washed overboard. In addition, the trousers may be used as a life preserver by tying knots in the legs and swinging them over your head and filling the legs with air. Number nine, the Coast Guard seizes 169 pounds of marijuana and 306 pounds of cocaine worth $9,589,000 every day. Number 10, the Coast Guard is smaller than the New York City Police Department. Number 11, the Marine Corps' motto, Semper Fidelis, was adopted in 1883 as an official motto. It is Latin for always faithful. Number 12, the nickname Leatherneck originates from the stiff leather stock that earlier Marines wore around their necks, probably to protect their jugular vein against saber blows. Number 13, the English Bulldog, also known as Teffel Hunden, or Devil Dogs, is an unofficial mascot that symbolizes the ethos of the warrior culture of the U.S. Marines. U.S. Marine Corps earned this unofficial mascot during World War I when many Germans reported calls the attacking Marines Teffelhunden, meaning de Devil Dogs, or Teffelhunden, were the vicious, wild, and ferocious mountain dogs of German Bavarian folklore. Number 14, the U.S. Army was in charge of exploring and mapping America. The Lewis and Clark expedition was an all-army affair. Army officers were the first Americans to see such landmarks as the Pikes Peak and the Grand Canyon. Number 15, the Air Force's F-117 fighter uses aerodynamics discovered during research in how bumblebees fly. All right, the next portion we're going to talk about is veteran news. The biggest news right now is the VA's coronavirus deaths are now surpassing totals from Iraq and Afghanistan wars. According to Leo Shane, the coronavirus pandemic has been deadlier for American veterans than Iraq and Afghanistan wars combined. On Monday morning, the Department of Veteran Affairs officials reported 6,772 patients' deaths died from complications related to the virus in the last 10 months. The Defense Department officials list 6,756 military casualties in Operation Iraqi Freedom which lasted more than seven years from 2003 and 2010, and Operation Enduring Freedom, which lasted from 2001 to 2014. Nationwide, more than 350,000 Americans have died from the virus-related issue since last March. VA's death tolls does not include another 95 employees that have been contracted to the coronavirus and died in recent months. Department officials have declined to release information on their jobs and contact with patients or visitors to the VA medical facilities. The department's death total reflects many of the 9 million veterans connected with the VA health facilities, but not all veterans in America. It is roughly equal to 23 deaths a day since the first month of the pandemic, making it even more 
of a threat to the veteran population than suicide, roughly 17 deaths per day among all U.S. veterans. About 40% of the VA coronavirus deaths have occurred among apartment inpatients. Others are veterans being cared for at a home or in other medical centers, but still connected to the VA health system. As of Sunday night, the department reported 11,545 active cases among patients across the department's medical sites nationwide. That's down 28% in the last 30 days, but more than triple the level reported on September 1st, 3,302 active cases. VA leaders have downplayed spikes in the coronavirus deaths and cases in recent months, saying the percentages of veterans who need hospitalization because the coronavirus complications have remained constant and decreased as total number of cases have risen. The numbers of VA patients at medical facilities across America rose to 1,380 last week, the highest reported level since the start of the pandemic. Nationally, more than 20.3 million Americans have contracted the virus in the past 10 months. VA officials announced last week that they had administered coronavirus vaccines to more than 5,000 veteran residents in community living centers and more than 50,000 healthcare employees. The department expects to deliver vaccines to more than 7 million individuals in coming months, but has warned that the process will be dependent on the vaccine's availability and other logistical issues. I want to talk about is shout outs. This section is reserved for recognizing new members of our podcast or partners or sponsors who support us in what we do. We cannot continue this podcast without everyone's support, so thank you. And our new members are Vicki Lavish and Brian Davis. So thanks for supporting our website and our podcast. Thanks. And this moves on to our podcast patron and sponsorship program. As you may know already, the focus of our uh, Veteran Doctor podcast is on veteran-centric topics. Our research and information dissemination process can be daunting at times with the maintenance of literature, books, websites, blogs, podcast episodes, marketing, and other administrative necessities. This ultimately takes time, resources, and marketing to support veterans with their needs. We have just started this podcast and are really excited about the process of podcasting and how much potential it has to impact the veteran population and the the dissemination of the information. To carry on and improve this podcast, we would hugely be grateful to anyone who can support us in our growth. We are looking to expand and enhance the podcast quality and find it more manageable with a bit of support. 
So if you think you're getting a few dollars worth of entertainment a month from us, we'd really appreciate it if you could throw it our way and invest in the Veteran Doctor. We offer different rewards for different pledge obligations, so please see what may fit your liking. Once again, we appreciate your support, and all the veterans out there that benefit from this podcast, I'm sure they appreciate your support too. With every patron and sponsorship program, you got to set a goal. Our first goal we want to reach is a monthly pledge of in the amount of $500 collectively. With every goal you set, you must uh, set milestones in there so you can determine what you're going to do with the funding. So the first one we have is number one, help pay for ongoing production costs, hosting fees for websites, blogs, and podcasts. Number two, help purchase rewards for patron supporters. Number three, offset marketing costs for websites, blogs, and podcasts. And number four, help buy new equipment and technologies to improve the podcast sound and quality. There are different rewards for monthly donation amounts. The donation amounts range from $1 to $50 a month. The rewards include one or more of the following items depending on the level of monthly donation. Some examples of these rewards may consist of a thank you on the show or the site, a thank you email, early access to new episodes, show swag like t-shirts, bumper stickers, pins, or pens. A patron can write a short message on the show, call in as a special guest, or a patron can even determine a show topic. talk about my new book that's upcoming the new book is going to be released in january 2021 tenderly as of now and it's called the veterans resource and transition guide there uh, possibly is a slight delay to, uh, due to the copyright paperwork issues but we're working out those issues and we're hoping that it'll be released really soon when it is released we're going to release it on amazon.com as an ebook and as paper book copies it is a book that's written to help veterans with research, knowledge, and resources with their transition into civilian life and beyond. Our society's current problem demonstrates that many veterans, when they transition out of the military, do not have the knowledge, training, or resources to reintegrate back into civilian society properly in their efforts to survive. They do not know where to go, what to do, and do not even have a plan to, to survive in the civilian world. This guide is intended to educate, provide evidence and research, and provide knowledge and resources to veterans in the effort to gain a better understanding of the dynamics of veteran issues and help veterans understand and survive their transitional experience after military separation. The purpose of the Veteran Reintegration Guide is to provide a one-stop and quick reference resource of research, knowledge, and resources for veterans to easily reference in their effort to help educate veterans on the issues and process of transitioning out of the military 
what to do once they get out, develop a plan, and provide resources to help make their life a little easier during that, during and after that experience. Additional information has been added for survivors' benefits for surviving widows and a military 101 class to help educate the civilian workforce on military culture and lifestyle. The guide's additional intent is to make it a living document on taking input from readers and providers on information and resources as they become available, providing annual updates to veterans on the ever-changing and developing process of transitioning and resources. This guide will provide a resource and knowledge to veterans, helping guide them through their transitional experience. To keep you up to date on all the book's information, I uh, set up a website. My author's website has been released and is available for viewing at www.johneheinzelman.com. That's J-O-H-N-E-H-E-I-N-T-Z-E-L-M-A-N. The site will provide the latest and greatest information on my latest literary works when they can become available. I also will have two uh, books that are in the works and will be coming out in the next two to four years. Um, another very available feature of the website is the veteran blog. The veteran blog provides veterans with information on veteran-centric topics uh, for their everyday life, whether challenging or life-enhancing. The purpose of this site is to keep veterans informed and help improve their knowledge. Subscriptions are available on a monthly, weekly, and unlimited access to the blog information depending on the veteran's informational requirements. The future of this site will include audio, video, and classes when they become available. So this is going to conclude our program for this week. Remember, we welcome all feedback for this podcast to improve our sound, our quality, and content. Any new ideas should be sent to info at johneheinzelman.com. That's info at j-o-h-n-e-h-e-i-n-t-z-e-l-m-a-n.com. So hopefully, I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Veteran Doctor. I hope you come back and visit us on our next episode on how we can make those New Year's resolutions stick. Until next time, take care, be careful, enjoy your new year, and have a good one.